Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fangs and Folklore with your host, Matthew Miller. We give you pint-sized, bite-sized pieces of supernatural monster lore, exploring their origins, their history, and their meaning to the human condition. Listen, if you dare. the Middle Ages in what is today France. You live in a small town, a village really, and a few unfortunate things happen around the same time. Uh, Some crops fail, some cattle die of an unknown disease, some children get really sick. Well, most people in the village are Christian, at least in, in name, and they pray about it, but the village priest becomes a little overzealous. He blames witchcraft. Witchcraft, you think? That's ridiculous. You grew up in this village. You know everyone there. There are no witches there. But, the priest argues, what about that old woman who lives in the little hut in the forest alone, just outside of town? What does she make with all those herbs? No, no, the people argue, she just makes medicine. She's a healer. We go to her for medicine, nothing more. The priest disagrees and brings her in for questioning, and some local priests, a bishop, hear about it, some Dominican monks hear about it. They come to the village, too, to question her. As is the custom of the day, they engage in some torture during her inquisition. Because of the pain, she just gives in and admits to witchcraft, even though, you know, she's not a witch at all. (laughs) More torture gets her to name other witches, and before you know it, there are full-scale witch trials in your village. You know that no one is really a witch. You see what's happening. From the trials come mostly convictions, and soon half the women of the village have been burned or hanged to death. Only when the daughter of a local magistrate is named as a witch does the moral panic cease and come to a close. I'm Matthew Miller, your host here at Fangs and Folklore, expert on all things monster and paranormal. I'm a horror writer from the swamps of Louisiana, the dark haunted swamps, and I welcome you to my terrifying world. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to my podcast and video, Fangs and Folklore. I also invite you to check out my books on Amazon, beginning with Blood Feud, a punk rock vampire story. It's part one of the Gravediggers series. The Gravediggers are a ridiculous failed punk rock band who keep crossing paths with all sorts of dark, evil, nasty creatures of the night. It's horror, it's comedy, it's super entertaining. It's a six-part series. One through three are available already in paperback on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Four is coming out any day now, so read one through three and you'll be up to date with the story. The Satanic Panic. It happened in 1980s America, USA. The 80s themselves were a decade of weird and amazing changes in U.S. culture. Hard rock, glam metal, goth culture, MTV, the Cold War, Ronald Reagan, AIDS. And the nation, in a sense, was becoming more conservative, especially after the liberal nature of the 1960s and 1970s. Another 1980s phenomenon was the growing popularity of religion manifested in televangelists, megachurches, the appearance of religion in politics, and much more. Especially in Congress, we see a lot of 
Congress people becoming very religious and kind of trying to weave religion into their political decisions, which I hope you agree with me is never a good idea. One result of all this change was something we call the Satanic Panic. And it rhymes, so that works. Satanic Panic. It was a cultural phenomenon, a moral panic, wherein people began to see Satanism and devil worship behind many things that were unrelated to it. Generally considered the start of this panic was a book entitled Michel Remembers. Michel Remembers. It was a uh, collaboration between um, Michelle Smith and her psychiatrist, whose name was Lawrence Pazder. And by the way, he married her later, which I think is pretty unethical. But he used something that he called recovered memory therapy. That was relatively new in psychiatry. And to this day, it's generally not taken too credibly by the profession. It basically says that, um, that if something extremely traumatic happens to you, especially as a child, as a coping mechanism, a defense mechanism, your brain kind of pushes it down out of your conscious and you kind of forget it. And this therapy was supposed to revive those memories and help you remember it. That sort of thing can happen. You know, repressed memories are a real thing. But uh, apparently this guy, uh, this psychiatrist, uh, Pastor, um, his techniques were not very sound and um, they didn't end well. So Michelle remembered that she as a child had undergone satanic ritual abuse, SRA as it was called at the time. It basically was the abuse of children by Satan worshippers, okay? In the lore, or in the, in the stories, it's usually per, uh, perpetrated by secret networks of powerful, wealthy individuals. Sometimes a global network, sometimes more local, uh, if you listen to the people who believe in it. Children are subjected to occult rituals, and they are physically, sexually, emotionally, psychologically abused, sometimes even offered as human sacrifices to Satan or other, other demons. And some people who believe in SRA, Satanic Ritual Abuse, claim that the most powerful practitioners actually breed children to use as human sacrifices or to use as sexual abuse objects or to make pornography. In the most extreme cases, cannibalistic meals for the ritualists. <laughs> they ate the children, right? If you're a student of history, you know that these kind of accusations are nothing new. They come and they go. In fact, I'm going to deal later in this series with the current QAnon movement, which is very much... Very much a repeat of this. Okay, so back in the 80s, actually in 1979, you know, decades, um, decades, generations kind of bleed over to the next, to the one before. So Jerry Falwell Sr., an extreme right-wing uh, Christian pastor, preacher, you probably know the name, he formed a political action group called the Moral Majority. The idea was that, in his mind, most Americans were like him, very right-wing Christian, and so they were actually the Moral Majority. And it sought to influence politics with extreme right-wing religious beliefs. It absolutely did. <laughs> it succeeded. It ejected religion into the Republican Party like almost never before. Although the moral majority broke apart in the 1980s, a little later, it had a big influence on the tone and the culture of politics in 1980s America. Society, even members of U.S. Congress and other government officials, began accusing various other aspects of society as, part of, as being part of this satanic cabal, right? One of the big um, victims of these accusations was rock and roll, especially heavy metal. You know, from the time rock and roll became popular back in the 50s to the masses, it was always seen as countercultural, revolutionary, and you might recognize the phrase, the devil's music, right? So, rock and roll, heavy metal. Artists like Alice Cooper, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Twisted Sister, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne himself, Kiss, Slayer, Judas Priest, and many others 
were accused of basically being Satan worshipers who promoted Satanism to the youth through their music. One interesting aspect of this panic was backmasking. You may have heard of this. This claimed that these satanic bands secretly recorded satanic messages that can only be heard when their music was played backwards. And in those days, you had records, right? And you could, you could literally reverse the record manually with your hand and listen to it backwards. This became such a big deal that Tipper Gore, who is Al Gore's wife, Al Gore, former vice president uh, under Bill Clinton president, his wife Tipper Gore created a, a group to censor certain music, not only for Satanism, but for all sorts of obscene things. And they had congressional hearings. None other than D. Snyder of Twisted Sister appeared before Congress to testify, and he did really well. If you can ever look up his speech, it was actually really good. He made a good, uh, strong point. People in the music industry, or if you've met a lot of these musicians, you know then that, that most of all, most of them are just normal guys, right? And girls, or some, some ladies in there too. Just normal people, most of them perfectly nice, fun, you know. They had a stage act that was successful in attracting the youth to buy their music. For the most part, it was a stage act. Uh, very few of them were really truly into the occult. Some actually were. For example, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. He was into the occult. He bought Aleister Crowley's house, by the way. Crowley was, uh, if you're not familiar, was involved in the occult, and he actually claimed that he conjured demons successfully in his house. Jimmy Page bought the house. To this day, that house is supposed to be haunted, and you can hear things in it anyway. Um, even though musicians like Jimmy Page, he did dabble in the occult, but he wasn't like a full-fledged demon worshiper who sacrificed children, right? Um, so these guys, most of them were just normal guys living their life, got successful with rock and roll. You know, maybe they went a little overboard in the sex, drugs, and rock and roll area. Maybe they became a little overwhelmed with success, maybe a little arrogant. But basically, they were nice. They were nice guys. Just normal people, actually. Backmasking. <laughs> a lot of it seems like a case of pareidolia or pareidolia. Pareidolia. This is a phenomenon, and that's P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A. It's a phenomenon where the brain detects patterns where there are not necessarily patterns. One good example is if you look up in the sky, look at the clouds, you say, oh, look, that cloud looks like a dog. Okay, it absolutely is not a dog. It absolutely was not meant to look like a dog, but our, brain, our brains are these pattern-recognizing machines. I suspect it's from an, an evolutionary response to help us, you know, survive. You need to know the pattern of a predator, so you see it, and your brain immediately knows, run, right? So this is pareidolia. And when, you, you know, when you're told that, hey, if you listen to this backwards, you hear the word Satan, and you listen to it backwards, and you hear something like, you know, your brain's going to hear, oh, look, it said Satan. Now, there are bands who did this on purpose, the backmasking, no doubt about it. And when asked about it, they, most of them say they did it to play into their stage act and to kind of create a mystique about them so people would buy more music to increase sales. In fact, Weird Al Yankovic, I'm a big fan, he did a couple of comedy backmaskings. One of them says, Satan eats cheese whiz. Another says, wow, you must have an awful lot of free time on your hands. So Weird Al did it on purpose. And like I said, some did do it on purpose. Others uh, didn't, or did they? We don't know. Others are just cases of... Pattern recognition where there is no actual pattern there. So you're in for a treat. I'm going to play for you right now some examples of the supposed backmasking claimed by people caught up in the 1980s satanic panic. These bands, uh, you know, they start in the 70s, they go through the 80s, and even some modern bands still do this just, just for fun. But um, like I said, some of them admitted they did it to play into their stage act, to pay tribute to their inspiration, uh, which often was like Gothic literature and not Satanism. 
and others are clearly pattern recognition. So let's just play a few famous ones. The first one is from the 1985 Slayer album, Hell Awaits. Listen to this. You can clearly hear the voice saying, join us, over and over. Slayer admitted to doing this on purpose to play into the band's kind of satanic imagery and uh, mystique, but insisted they were not actually Satanists. They did that, they said, just as a gimmick to increase sales. All right, so you can hear that, join us, right? <clears throat> Next, I have Judas Priest. They were a pretty dark band, right? Pretty heavy stuff. But they were not active practicing Satanists, as far as I know. So the song, one of their songs, Better By You, Better Than Me, it was actually a cover of another band's song, uh, Spooky Tooth. And so, but uh, Judas Priest did this cover in 1978, so it fit neatly into this era. And supposedly you can hear the word do it, like do it, D-O-I-T, do it, several times. I guess, the, uh, I guess they mean this part here, if you listen. <laughs> That seems like a stretch to me. <laughs> actually, I'm not sure I hear do it there. I actually do hear at the 301, three minutes and one second mark, I shot my demons dead when I'm with you. I shot my demons dead when I'm with you. Listen, see if you hear that. Sounds like it to me. By the way, in 1985, two young guys shot themselves. I think shot themselves. One was 18, one was 20. They, were, they committed suicide in a graveyard and... One died instantly, the, lay, uh, the other one lived, survived, but died not too far after that of complications. And their parents sued Judas Priest, claiming that the boys listened to their music a lot, and that this backward masking, this back masking message, do it, had provoked them to suicide. The families lost the case, since it's kind of difficult and ridiculous to try to prove that lyrics, you know, directly cause someone to kill themselves. Uh, the band didn't even know these guys. And uh, Rob Halford, the Judas Priest singer, by the way, kind of made a kind of a funny point. He said, if we're going to be making secret messages, why would we want all of our fans to kill themselves? Wouldn't we want them, you know, wouldn't we, wouldn't we say, like, buy more music if we were doing these secret messages? Of course, it's a sad case. These two boys, you know, their families lost them to suicide. It's always a tragedy, of course. But the point is that it's, you can't blame that on, on supposed do-it backmasking and Judas Priest. Okay. The granddaddy of backmasking, <laughs> Led Zeppelin, their timeless classic, Stairway to Heaven. It was released in 1971, but again, it was used in the 80s as proof that backmasking existed during the Satanic Panic to prove that these bands were actually Satanists hiding subliminal messages in their music. Zeppelin always denied this. In fact, um, Jimmy Page kind of got offended. He said, man, we wrote uh, Stairway to Heaven from our hearts. We don't put back, back, you know, backwards messages in that. Um, so see what you think. I'm going to play part of Stairway backwards. This is the part, uh, where forwards, you know, it's the part where if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the maid queen or the may queen, not maid, the may queen, uh, it's that part played backwards. So this listen, see what you think. It's just 
Many people claim to hear this, quote, Oh, here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He will give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer, sad Satan, close quote. I actually hear that. <laughs> Listen again, see what you think. Like I said, Jimmy Page was offended by this claim, saying that backmasking was a stupid way to, you know, to make music. What do you think? Was that pareidolia or the real thing? I think it's the most blatant example, and if, if anything's real, maybe that one was. Well, no. <laughs> By the way, um, I've studied the occult academically, not as a practitioner, but academically for decades, really. And uh, my master's thesis, by the way, in college was um, had to do with the medieval witch trials and medieval inquisition. So I know a lot about this stuff. I'm only saying that to tell you this, that Stairway to Heaven uh, played forwards, played normally, <laughs> has many references to themes of pre-Christian religions, paganism, and Satanism, but that's another topic. But it actually does. If there's any band that I, I would imagine maybe actually were occultists and Satanists, it would be Led Zeppelin. But I, I don't, again, I don't know that. All right. The British heavy metal band Grim Reaper released the song Final Scream in 1985. They very intentionally backmasked it. They admitted it. And you can hear it say, See you in hell. So listen. <laughs> Right? See you in hell. I'm sure you heard that. <clears throat> there are a bunch of these. You can find them pretty easily online, but I want to reiterate that some bands did this on purpose to play into their kind of the stage act or their, their mystique. And again, some might actually have been into the occult. Many of these backmasking examples, though, are just excitable people thinking they hear something when it wasn't there, you know, preconditioned by the moral majority, the satanic panic to hear something and just thinking you hear it. One of them is uh, Queen, uh, Queen's song, Another One Bites the Dust. There's a section where it's supposed, he's supposed to be saying, it's fun to smoke marijuana over and over. It's fun to smoke marijuana, like that. It's fun to smoke marijuana, but it... it to me, that's clearly pattern recognition where there is no pattern. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey, we're gonna get to do. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, yeah, 
just for fun, here's one of Weird Al's backmasking examples. His 1984 song Nature Trail to Hell, one of my favorites. I love Weird Al, by the way. Here's the section in question played backwards, so listen. Yes, my friends, Satan eats cheese whiz. <laughs> no doubt about it. There was more than just the backmasking phenomenon with this, these rock and roll bands, heavy metal especially. Lots of uh, claims were made about rock and roll. One of them was that Gene Simmons, the singer for Kiss, you know, he's famous for his unusually long tongue. That's kind of the band's motto, him and Jagger, right? There was a legend that uh, Gene Simmons had a cow's tongue grafted onto his tongue to make it super long and obscene and that the cow represented Satan. Not true. Absolutely false. Kiss, though, this, listen to this. Kiss had a series of comic books. They also had little action figures. I had some of these as a kid. Uh, they had comic books, you know, uh, graphic novels, we call them today, about the band. The claim was that in the first issue, the band member's blood was mixed with the ink. And this is actually true. <laughs> it was a sales gimmick. Now, of course, the ones that people received were mass printed on a printing press. That didn't have their blood. But the, the hand-drawn one, you know, the original, did have the band member's blood mixed in with the ink. Okay. <laughs> the other thing, the metal fist, right? This, right? The metal fist. The four-finger pinky raised in a salute, right? For heavy metal, it's facing the audience. For punk, it's kind of more like this, right? The opposite direction, facing the person with the bent arm. And the claim was that this is a satanic symbol that is supposed to represent the horns of a ram, the animal. And uh, the ram represents Satan, right? So the two horns here. The, uh, the truth is that the symbol itself is ancient, and it has many meanings depending on the time and the region and the religion you're talking about. In some forms of Buddhism, for example, it's a gesture to ward off evil, and that's in fact how it entered rock and roll. Ronnie James Dio, who took over from Ozzy uh, for, with Black Sabbath, and of course he was in many other bands, uh, Dio began doing it toward the audience like that, right, in concerts, at shows. And he claimed it was a way of warding off evil and warding off the evil eye that his Italian grandmother had shown him. Uh, he meant it as a positive sign of like peace and protection to the audience. Ozzy used to do that, peace sign, right? So Dio did that. It just caught on and people started saying, hey, it's the sign of the devil. No, it's not. It never was intended to be. Iron Maiden, if you're an Iron Maiden fan, you know their mascot, Eddie. It's like a zombie's head. <laughs> it was accused by the moral majority of being satanic. And by extension, the band was accused of being satanic. Eddie was accused of trying to get the youth to worship and glorify Satan. Another one in 1980, Ozzy Osbourne, who has been frequently accused of Satanism. If you've seen, though, his reality show, he's not a Satanist. He's just a kind of a funny, bumbling guy, but uh, who had musical talent, no doubt about it. He released the song Suicide Solution in 1980. And he was sued by the parents of John Daniel McCollum, 19 years old, and uh, who committed suicide in Riverside, California in 1984. Very sad. Allegedly, he listened to the song, and the song drove him to commit suicide. So Ozzy was sued by his parents. Ozzy won, uh, or they lost the suit, put it that way, as there was no way to prove that the song caused suicide. And Ozzy insisted that they had misheard the lyrics to begin with. Of course, you know, how are you going to prove that a song causes suicide? So basically, the moral majority saw devil worship in everything that had to do with rock and roll. As I said before, if you've ever met these rock and metal musicians, most of them are pretty normal and nice guys. It's a stage act. I think of Alice Cooper, who's actually a very intelligent, nice, and funny guy, and kind of charming, right, to be around. 
who just knows how to put on a good show. Right? So this satanic panic, it's going to manifest in another uh, weird way that we're going to look at in the next episode of Fangs and Folklore. That is the McMartin preschool trial, which is really bizarre and disturbing. Really bizarre and disturbing stuff. So uh, be sure to stay tuned for that episode, which will be coming out in just a couple of days also. So satanic panic, huh? Pretty funny. Admit it, how are you going to go through your old music collection tonight and play it all backwards and see what you can hear, right? <laughs> it's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting. Thanks for watching. Please like and subscribe. And as always, sleep well if you can.